The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Here on Radio South and 96.4 and Coast Access Radio, all the way up in Kapiti. This is Grinding Gears with Pete and Darren. Your weekly show about cars and drivers, enthusiasts, and the obsessed. This evening, uh, we are looking at Transmission Gully, the Chinese oil deal, and that's not all.
Hey, it's Pete. And Darren. Right here, right now on Grinding Gears, Radio South, the 96.4 and Coast Access FM and Capity. Kicking off this week, our New Zealand Minister of Transport, Michael Wood, says he is optimistic about an opening date for the infamous Transmission Gully Bypass. It will actually be announced soon. Yeah, he reckoned in a written response to many questions that he has been following this issue very closely, and along with other ministers, he has had regular discussions with officials. Uh, they have sent clear direction that all levers need to be used to get the road open as soon as possible, once the necessary safety and quality assurance standards are met. Though. Mm, Wood's statement comes after uh, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency agreed to defer or reduce some of Transmissions Gully's remaining assurance tests in order to get the road open sooner. Uh, completing the task is the responsibility of the road's builder, the C. PBHEB joint venture and an an opening date cannot actually be confirmed until the tasks have been approved by a a, what would you a Oricon 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 some other third party anyway yeah yeah, something to do with the CPD HEB I reckon Mm. those those people anyway quality assurance people anyway the roads independent reviewer um he actually stated i received advice on friday that the majority of the outstanding safety and quality assurance tests required to allow transmission gully to open are now being close to being finished i can say that significant process has been made in the past weeks and i'm feeling optimistic that a precise opening date will be announced very soon yeah waka kotahi agreed to put off 19 outstanding quality assurance tests and reduce requirements for for 30 of them. This uh, means there are now 18 assurance tests remaining before the road can open, and 15 of them have reduced requirements. Hopefully that won't come back to bite them. Yeah, there are 100 tests in total for such things as grade and quality and of cement and road marking, stormwater runoff, systems functioning, and lights and signs installed. Alongside this, all three uh, remaining consent tasks, which somehow are different to quality assurance tests, have been submitted to Greater Wellington Regional Council for certification and confirmation. But let's put this in perspective. It's now, uh, well, 81 days when I wrote this since the fifth deadline, fifth deadline of the opening of the new state highway. Now, those who may need some history on the project, it's a 27-kilometre long four-lane highway linking Porirua and initially billed at $1.25 billion. Not sure how much uh, now with the delays, but the project did have to pass through difficult terrain and meet modern standards to strengthen, of course, um, uh, earthquake resistance. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder about all the safety tests and whatnot that they're trying to bypass to open the road there. But uh, time will tell. Now to Business Insider. And the U.S.'s dollars in do- uh, dominance in oil markets may face a challenge as Saudi's reportedly Iwan-based sales deal with China. Yes, yeah, Saudi Arabia is in talks to sell oil to China and be paid in yuan, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, anyway. Uh, so the change is historically, um, as for nearly 50 years, uh, the world's top oil exporter has traded crude exclusively in U- uh, U.S. dollars, uh, but relations between Saudi Arabia and the U.S. have deteriorated under the Biden administration. Mm, so, the world's top oil exporter and the world's biggest oil importer could shake up the U.S. dollar's dominance in the global petroleum market. 
Saudi Arabia is currently in talks uh, to sell all to China and be paid in the yuan instead of the dollars, all according to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, about 80% of global oil sales are done in dollars, and Saudi Arabia has in- has conducted its deals exclusively in the greenback since 1974. So if um, a Saudi yuan deal uh were to be made, it would bolster China's currency at the expense of the dollar as Beijing looks to challenge US, le- US leadership <laughs> in the financial markets. The likelihood of a potential deal between Saudi Arabia and China has picked up recently, according to the journal. Uh, the long-time East ally has grown unhappy with the US due to the Biden administration's reluctance to do more in the Yemen civil war and to push uh, and its push to rev- revive the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, 2022, Biden also promised to make Saudi Arabia a pariah, and that's not the, uh, what what do you call it, the, the drummer type. It's um, actually to outcast them over the murder of a U.S. journalist. And since becoming president, he has made it clear that he doesn't consider Saudi Arabia an ally, but rather as a partner. Mm, American way of putting things. And obviously an untrusted partner then, and what's more, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam uh, reportedly rejected a request for a call with Biden to discuss Ukraine and boost oil production amid the West's sanctions against Russia. Uh, meanwhile, China leaned on Saudi Arabia as its primary crude supplier last year, and economic relations between Saudi Arabia and the US have dwindled since the US has become less dependent on Saudi oil in recent years as a domestic shale production boomed. Yeah, good luck with the environment after that, should America. And we all know uh, how not great shale oil production is in the environment with all those reports last time of people's freaking tap water going on fire. But it looks like the city of Los Angeles has bigger problems after a report of rich L.A. residents getting angry over high-end cars uh, taking over already limited street parking. Yep, you heard that right. High-end cars are being parked and filled up in tie blocks um, in one of L.A.'s neighbourhoods. But it's a little hard to feel for people that have the money um, in those certain situations, though, especially if those situations can be changed with money or opportunity that others don't have. So when it's something like NBC Los Angeles reporting on one of LA's most expensive neighbourhoods complaining about high-end cars being parked on their streets, it um, just may seem a bit like a a non-issue. Yeah. Silver Lake is actually one of the most exclusive and expensive neighbourhoods in LA. Depending on where you look, the medium home price there ranges from one Point four to one point six million US bucks has also been ranked as one of the most gentrified areas in this city. So it's safe to say that there are some well-off people living there. None of this uh, excuses our local business making douchebag moves. NBC Los Angeles investigative eye team found out that one local high-end repair shop parks its customers' cars on the street for blocks around. So the team went to investigate after being tipped off by a local resident. Yeah, after receiving the resident's email, the I-team decided to watch his Silver Lake neighbourhood. Uh, starting before dawn and under the cover of darkness, he spotted workers from Hightech Automotive, a shop that repairs high-end cars, starting to park customer cars. Um, fancy vehicles, street spots meant for residents and as well as monopolising the metres on some blocks. 
Using hidden cameras, NBC's i-team observed workers from high-tech automotive parking customers, uh, Ferraris, Porsches, Maseratis, etc. on streets for miles around. The team's undercover cameras were also watching during street cleaning. I noticed that parking enforcement officers ticketed every car parked on the street in the cleaning zone, except for those fancy cars parked by high-tech automotive. Also seemed to drive right by the Ferraris and the Porsches without even issuing any citations. Yeah, while well, the city warned high-tech automotive about, parking, about the parking issue, uh, something that is illegal under the city's municipal code, reports obtained by NBC LA, show the city hasn't actually done anything about it for years. Nothing but formal orders to comply have gone over, gone out for over 20 years, with the most recent being in 2017, and, um, yeah, nothing's been getting done about it. The shop's owner was contacted about the issue and gave the same excuse he's been giving the city since 2019. Hitech's owner, Coco Bakalachan, Back, back, Jack, back a Jan, anyway, whatever. Told I team that he knows it's illegal. He's apologised to the residents a million times, and apparently they're working on it. Yeah, high tech owner says he's looking for a nearby storage lot to put his customers' cars in while waiting to work on them. But back a have a Jan told the city's attorney office the same thing in 2019. Now, when the city and the Department of Building and Safety were contacted about why no department has enforced parking issues with the shop, the typical bureaucratic answer was given, we will ensure that this matter is resolved successfully. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Silver Lake isn't the only neighbourhood that's having this problem, though. Neighbourhoods across the city have reported the same thing. LA City Attorney uh, Mike Furrer uh, promised to crack down, but it really appears as if nothing will be done about this issue. Kind of strange that one would think in a neighbourhood like that, issues would be solved as soon as someone complained. But maybe rich people complaining about other rich people uh, cancel each other out. <laughs> Song break now, but BRB with a vibrating Hyundai of all things.
We're back on Grinding Gears with Pete. And Aaron. Radio South on 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. And yes, Hyundai sets EVs to vibrate so they feel more like gas cars. Not content with pumping in artificial engine noises, Hyundai now wants to make ED- EVs vibrate them like them too. Yeah, if you're fed up with people complaining about the lack of noise in electric cars, then we've got some bad news for you. So uh, those very same people who laminated EVs as they don't sound right would soon be able to argue that they don't feel right either. And that's because Hyundai wants to make its EVs vibrate. The new paper filed to the US Patent and Trademark Office, or the UPS tool, is to be believed Korean manufacturers Kia and Hyundai could soon make their electric vehicles vibrate to simulate the sensations you feel when you're behind the wheel of an internal combustion car. I wonder what that'll do to the range. Yeah, I wonder. According to the filing, instead of using speakers to pump in a manufactured engine note, Hyundai and Kia could one day add virtual vibration that would change depending on your speed. Uh, yeah, in many EVs, an artificial engine note is piped through internal speakers, or, in Porsche's case, an electronical whooshing noise can be heard inside the cabin as you speed up or slow down. The note changes in pitch, and, or in some cases changes in volume. Uh, so to make driving an EV, an EV feel a little less artificial, Hyundai and Kia want to develop varying vibrations that would be felt by the car's passengers as they travel. According to the filing, Hyundai would monitor the driver's throttle application as they drive, then using a virtual combustion engine model, systems in the EV would develop virtual vibration that can be felt in the cabin. Yeah, this vibration would take into account the feeling that you'd get from a traditional combustion engine, how idling... An engine feels, even the sensation of a multi-transmission or other technology missing from electric cars. Yeah, Hyundai and Kia said they're pursuing this only buzzing technology as for pretty much for drivers who enjoy driving. May wish they had a bit more buzz from their cars. And they even added that some roadies, road users have even become bored if they can't feel the pulsing heart of their car as you drive around town. Yeah, in the filing with the uh, USPTO, Hyundai and Kia said an electric vehicle with a characteristic that aims for high performance is desired to offer harsh and trembling effects. Not just soft feelings as such. They hope that this new vibration setting could cut out any soft feelings and make motorists quake in their boots instead. Mm, well, it's an interesting idea. And I want to definitely be eager to see if it makes a difference to the feel of actually driving an EV compared to a petrol car, as you say. Yeah, yeah. What do you listeners think? Well, let us know on Facebook. Just search Grinding Gears on the thing. Yeah, righto. And uh, now it's Tesla time. The new Elon Musk says Tesla made an idiot, idiotic decision to halt Model X production in 2020 when the vehicle was still in demand. Yeah, Elon Musk said last Wednesday that Tesla was idiotic to pause production of the older version of the Model X in 2020 when it was at, yeah it was still in demand. The CEO's comments uh, came in response to a Twitter user who claimed to, like in a post, as you do on Twitter, that some Tesla customers have waited more than a year for the Model X and have, haven't received any freaking updates in the company. Yeah, Musk tweeted, we dropped the ball badly regarding the new Model X production and ramp, uh, production ramp and still haven't fully recovered. It was idiotic to stop production of the old X in December 2020 when there was still plenty of demand. 
In a later tweet, Musk reckoned uh, the Model X was an extremely difficult vehicle to make and was the most complex passenger car ever. And these are all speech bubbles too, so that's his words. Yeah. Uh, adding that apparently the limiting factor was the interior trim. Yeah, I think it would be those gullwing doors or something. Oh, you never know. Tesla started delivering updated versions of the Model X in October after months of delays, which attributed to supply chain problems and challenges in increasing production. The Model X was actually unveiled to the public in 2015 at a company facility in Fremont, California. Musk had previously described developing the Model X as the most difficult car in the world to build. He also said he wasn't sure if anyone should have made the vehicle. This is according to Insider Report in 2015. Part of the reason the Model X features automatic Falcon wing doors and a panoramic windshield and air filtration system with a bioweapon defense mode and top performance. Uh, Musk stated at the launch event in 2015, also according to the Insider magazine. Well, it stops you getting COVID. But anyway, just so well we didn't order one, eh? Maybe you watched too much of the Back to the Future DeLorean in the 80s. But on that great Scott moment, we are going back to the present. So, remember to remember, don't be a dick, make it quick.
The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.